Welcome to One Random Thing. I'm your host, Justin, and this week, I'm joined, as always, by Steve. Hello. And uh, a very first, uh, a first-timer, Katie, welcome. Thank you. It's an honor. Yeah, it's an honor to have you. For those of you who don't know, this is Steve's wife, so my sister-in-law. So we're happy to have you. We have a good podcast today. Uh, this, this, the one random topic today is everyone's favorite food, really. It's pizza. Oh, it's, it's, uh... It's a great topic, I think. I can't believe it took us this long to get to pizza. Yeah. And uh, so we'll we'll get into all things pizza, toppings, uh, just all sorts of debates. Maybe we'll talk about pineapple on pizza. Maybe we won't. Uh, but we'll, we'll save that for later. So there's, only, there's really only one place to start this week's podcast. And if you haven't listened to the, to I think last week's episode, um, Katie, you are anti-Hermione, and I find this to be a sizzling hot take, and I'm glad you're here, and I just appreciate you to shed some light on why you're anti-Hermione. Well, first I need to correct Stephen's assumptions Mm -hmm. from last week, that he assumed that it wasn't that I was anti-Hermione, the character herself. He assumed that I was anti-Emma Watson from the movie. That is incorrect. Good. It's the opposite. I can't remember all these things, you know. (laughs) Yeah. You think after 15 years you have this right, but you don't. Yeah. It's all right. So, yes, I am anti-Hermione, the character herself. I think she's a mean girl. Mm-hmm. I think she's a know-it-all, and I don't like know-it-alls. Um, I don't like how she comes off as, like, pompous yeah. or arrogant. Um, I she's don't... a little cute, right? Like No. No. The only thing that she has going for her, she has great hair that's not Amazing hair. In the movie. But see, that's Emma Watson. That's not Hermione. Yeah, but that's how she's described in the book. I thought it was, you know, played up for the for the for to match the role. All I'm saying is, I love J.K. Rowling. I love everything about her genius mind. But Hermione could have been written a little less annoying. She does have very, basically, no sense of humor. Right, and yeah. she's dry, and she barely ever smiles, and she shouldn't have ended up with Ron. I agree with Justin; that nice. shouldn't have happened. Nice. That may be the only time we agree this entire podcast. This but is I the, appreciate yeah. It. yeah. This, this is a. I disagree wholeheartedly with this take. As usual, my wife is is way off. No, I'm kidding, babe. That's a great. <laughs> I really like that take. It's it's very strong. No, I mean, I I can see. It. I mean, it makes makes some sense, right? Like she is kind of a know it all, but. I don't know. I think it's adorable. I think it's like the right contrast to Harry and Ron just being overall kind of stupid. Um, otherwise, like you wouldn't, you would think Hogwarts was the worst school, um, worst, worst wizarding school because Harry doesn't know what he's doing and Hermione's got, uh, and Ron has no ideas what he's doing. So I feel like she's needed. Um, but I think her smarts are natural. It's, I mean, yes, she learns a lot at school, but she she's clearly very educated before that. Or yeah. she just like has a natural knack for it, even though she's a mudblood. But still, either, either <laughs> yo, whoa, yo, mudblood hate. They're coming in here throwing out these, the- these terms. You mean you mean a, a, a what's the right word? I don't even remember. Half blood. Half is it half no. blood? Not pure uh, blood. She's half Muggle. Her, she has Muggle parents. We're, muggle we're born. Our, she's Muggle born. Muggle born. There it is. We almost revealed ourselves as not that into Harry Potter. Yeah, that was All right, I think that's that's a fair defense. I still, you know, me and Steve wholeheartedly disagree, <laughs> but that's okay. All right, um, good enough. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's do a little bit of listener input again. I kind of like to bring the audience into play, bring the listeners into play, and kind of um, almost uh, get some get some content generated from everyone listening. So I encourage everybody to continue to send ideas. Uh, this this one comes from Ben. And uh, not not Penn State Ben. This is a Ben that I work with, and the he wants to go to the workshop, and he has an idea, which I'm pretty sure doesn't exist. I kind of looked into it. Essentially, he wants a sideways toaster. He wants a he wants to toast bread, but he wants to be able to put it in sideways. Like if you if you just flip flip it on its side, 
because he wants to be able to make grilled cheese. Isn't this just called a toaster oven? Well, I think the slots are important, right? Are they? Well, yeah, because then you're not going to get the the crisp um, toasting on both sides. Yeah, but when you put the pieces of bread together, it doesn't fit in one slot. You know, that's what I thought. But according to him, they very much fit in the, the toaster. The grilled cheese does fit inside one slot. But then once you only have one slot, then you're basically a toaster oven. Mm. I like the yeah. thought. I think it needs a little, anything, it needs a twist. Like, I think it needs to be reversible, like between an up, upward facing and a sideward facing toaster. Then you got yeah. something. Yeah. I think that's, I, I think a toaster oven, the argument how it's not a toaster oven is a toaster oven, the, the heating elements are spaced far apart. So if you try to do a grilled cheese, you wouldn't get the toast. You know, if you put toast, if you toast bread in a toaster oven, only one side gets dark. So mm-hmm. it isn't a mm-hmm. conventional oven, right? You need the heating elements to be close enough so that you can make a sandwich dark on both sides. So that's where I think the close, closest equivalent is like a George Foreman grill. Right. But Panini that takes a little. Yeah. So so either one that can alter between the t- uh, straight up and side to side or one. This is what I was thinking with adjustable heating elements. Mm-hmm. So that let's say you had like a really large, uh, you know, sandwich and you wanted to get a good toast on both sides and you didn't want to use a grill, you could increase the size of the gap between the heating elements or mm-hmm. decrease it for one piece of toast. So really maybe mm-hmm. that's the thing is adjustable, adjustable heating elements to, to go from one piece of toast to a full sandwich. What about a panini press? Yeah, I guess it's then it, <laughs> then it's, it's kind of just, be, yeah, yeah. But but I want in, that's a good point. But I I think the the differentiator could be in the ejection mechanism mm-hmm. because I love a good toaster that really you know uh, ejects um, the the product high in the yeah. air. You like a good ejector, a good yeah. Ejection. I like a good ejection speed and, yeah. and velocity, but but it doesn't. It just goes back in the slot if it's sideways and you have good eject. Then you can like put your plate there and just it'll just spit out on your plate and you never have to touch the hot waffle. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think, I think what we can agree on is the toaster works. But you, if you do think about your kitchen, right? You have the toaster for bread, you have like a George Foreman grill, and you have a um, like a toaster oven. So you kind of have all these three things that are accomplishing the same thing. So maybe if there's a way to combine them with ejection, with adjustable. Uh, uh, griddle heights, heater element heights. Maybe we're onto something. I still think it's just a penny press. <laughs> I think it is just a penny press. All right, so that's that's the workshop. While we're in the workshop, real quick, um, it, I just want to see if anyone else has this experience. Can we just? Can we? Do they make color coded Tupperware? You know, Rebecca loves Tupperware, my wife, and she has three different. You know, we'll have like the circular Tupperwares. And they all look the same, but they all are slightly different, and they have different lids. And is there anything more frustrating than filling the base of a Tupperware, and then you're like, "All right, now I have to you put the lid find on." The lid. No, but you find the lid, but there's three different circle shapes, and they all have different latching on atta- uh, contraptions, and they're all slightly different sizes. And I can never figure out the 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 actual Tupperware bowl has no ind- indicators on it. So you you take the lid that doesn't fit. And you put it on top, and let's say your Tupperware is full, and then you get like food on the lid that doesn't fit, and now you've dirtied a lid that didn't fit. So can we just mandate that the base has a color coding system to the top so it's easy to identify? Does anyone else run into that issue? I agree. Color coding would be great. I feel Mm -hmm. like this can't be the first time this idea has come up. Someone, This has to exist, right? I mean, I'm sure it exists somewhere. I did a Google search and tried to find it, and not really. Couldn't really find it. So it's not really an invention. I mean, maybe it is. But I I just think finding the tops and the bases of Tupperware should be a lot easier. So, I mean, we don't need to dive too deep into this. uh, But I just, I don't know. It's just too many times have I used the incorrect lid that I thought fit, and then it got food on it, and then now I have to wash that. And it just, it really drives me crazy. Yeah, and I'm not surprised. 
<laughs> That's my generic statement for when you say something that I don't really understand, but that I'm not surprised. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Let's do a few segments before we get to um, pizza. All right, Steve, you have an "Am I doing this right?" Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty basic one, and uh, you know, and uh, I don't think there's going to be too many controversial opinions on this, but I think I, I do it a little, a little bit differently, um, and I just want to find out whether this is, you know, a correct or acceptable method. So straws. Um, you know, when you have like a, a fountain drink or, you know, uh, you get a cup with a lid and you have to put a straw in there from a, from a, you know, restaurant or whatever. Yeah. Usually the straw comes in a, its own little, um, pouch or its its own little wrapping paper, mm-hmm. you know, for, for, I guess for sanitary reasons. Um, when I remove said straw from said wrapping paper, I find a place in the middle and grasp the little lip that mm-hmm. you know where the two piece of paper meets and I rip it down the middle so that then I have two equal sleeves and then I remove the straw and then I put the straw in the drink and then I put the lid top next uh over the straw and then onto the cup so there's a couple you know a couple things in there Maybe a little odd, but I think that's an acceptable way to utilize a straw. Is this correct? Yeah, I mean, it just seems like a way a serial killer would put their <laughs> straw into their into their cup. Wait, wait, no, can we start from the beginning? Fifteen years, and I've never once, ever in my life, seen you do this. Well, then you're so not you're, paying so your you're, close enough So attention. you're calling him a liar. You're calling him a podcast content maker upper. No, I swear this is no. this is the way I, I do do. Uh... I've just. Like, what happens if the lid is already on the cup? Well, if it's already on, then that's fine. The bigger thing, really, the thing that I do every single time is I will never take a straw and jam it on the table so that it tries to pop out the top. I think that's the other way to take out the straw, right? But I will never, ever do that because then the, the odds of it kinking and getting a hole or like, mm. a, 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 you know, sometimes you just have a very high um, – sleeve strength or i'm sorry strength sleeve and you bang it a couple times and if it's like one of these cheap straws it kinks and then there's nothing nothing absolutely nothing in this world worse than when you have a straw in your cup and it's like blowing bubbles into your into your drink because it's got this (laughs) this kink hole and i have never in the last you know whenever i came up with this method of the middle slit and the perfect pullout uh i have not had this kink problem since you know, it's funny. You know, when you started coming out with this take, I was like, dude, what, like, this is the most, just bang the thing on the table. You're, you're a crazy oh, you, person. No, I am not making this up. I, I did it today and I thought of it. I was like. I understand. Let I, me because finish. I've done it so many times. It's like, it's, yeah, go ahead. My my point is that you kind of make a great point. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, there's, it, it's, it's very rare that you get the kink in the straw. It's probably like one out of 50, you know, I'll put the numbers well, there. See what, what, but I was, I was getting it more frequently than that. I think, I think over the years they've, they've, uh, it, tried to cut costs and give us crappier and crappier straws. And it just, the, I was saw instances skyrocket and then I finally was fed up with it. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it makes total sense now. I don't know if I'll still do it that way, but your logic tracks and you, you as you were describing why you did it, you, you sold me. <laughs> right. And I have to say that now, anytime I remove the wrapper from a straw, I will think twice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like a one handed move, right? The, you could bang it up, but like, I'm telling you, it's especially like plastic consciousness. Like, uh, yeah, we got these crappy paper straws we're dealing with. So we can't be like wasting plastic straws on top of them being waste. So it's like if you get an unusable plastic straw, then you we're, we're, our paper straw overlords are going to take over even quick more quickly. So, yeah, I mean, I would argue that you could just like I don't think I bang it on the table. I think I just hold it in my hand and then mm-hmm. you just like push it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you don't really need to bang it, but yeah, and but like anytime there's there's potential for compression, you can kink. In my opinion, Katie, what are your welcome to the podcast? One random thing, by the way. What uh, what are your what are your straw what are your straw views any of them? Um, I'm down with the paper straw movement, but 
if it's left in the drink too long, it just deteriorates. So that is my, I, I like, what is the length of time it takes for that to happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does seem to be way too quick. Yeah. It does. I feel, I feel like solving the gasoline issue is a more pressing issue for the environment than figuring out the straw issue. But Katie recently got a uh, uh, some contraption, but it's a basically an aluminum straw, but it's like gigantic. Well, it's because it fits in my giant Yeti, my sparkly custom yeah. Yeti. But it's like it seems like rations for like Mount Everest or something. The problem with the metal straw, while I love it, oh, it hits your teeth, right? It's cold because my drink oh. is cold. So when I drink it, it's like it's like you know in a Christmas story when Ralphie gets his lip stuck to the pole. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Mm-hmm. It, it really could be detrimental to the lippies. I mean, I would also yeah, the lippies absolutely. I I, I would. Um, absolutely also be afraid of like banging a tooth on that metal straw which i have done while driving and drinking yeah, terrible driving can't do oh it. yeah right, that's enough that's enough uh straw talk yeah we'll, and, we'll save the crazy straw talk for another i think james would probably have good takes on some crazy straws we'll save that for him all right so um yeah just a quick little remember so let's yeah. get to some pizza talk i mean that's what we're all here for yeah everyone loves pizza um so let's see what we can do the to start off the conversation, I think I should tell a a quick little anecdote of what happened to me tonight because it's the perfect kind of lead in and into my best thing for pizza. Okay. So we get out of me and Re- Rebecca, my wife, we both work till like six thirty, six six o'clock or so, and Rebecca usually comes home and cooks dinner, and she is also pregnant at this time, so she can be very she can get very food anxious, right? If the timings, if she gets hungry and the timing of when she might actually eat, kind of the, the, those timings don't line up, kind of a lot of turmoil ensues, right? Mm, you're, so You're talking, uh, Dane, you're, you're walking a tightrope here. <laughs> she's, she's, she's admitted uh, her food anxieties and, and, and very much well aware. So essentially what happened was she got stuck in traffic, right? And she wasn't going to get home till 7 o'clock, which means after she cooked food, wasn't going to be able to eat dinner till 8 o'clock. And that math just didn't add up for her. So she calls me on the phone, and things start to devolve rather quickly. Um, and a solution needs to happen, right? Uh-huh. Something something needs to happen. So I, being the uh, you know problem solver, yep. say, I'm going to order a pizza. I'll pick it up on the way home. By the time you get home, the food will be there. And that leads me to my best thing about pizza. It, it's 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 ease of manifestation. It's a, <laughs> it's availability, right? When you start a town, let's say you start a new town back in the day, you build a grocery store, you build a gas station, and you build a pizza shop. There's pizza shops everywhere. You can be on vacation any part of the country, and you're like, you know what, dude, I'm hungry. What should we do? It's getting kind of late. Why don't we just order a pizza? So that's the best thing about pizza is it's not, it's not, you know, it's a, it's a workhorse food. It has a low ceiling, right? Bad pizza still is edible usually. I mean, it has a low floor. Yeah. Yeah. It has a high floor, right? Yeah. High floor. Yeah. It it, it can't be, you know, bad pizza is still good. High floor, high ceiling. Yeah. Well, high ceiling. I'd say low ceiling. I don't think you've ever been like, wow, this is the most amazing pizza I've ever had. I mean, or, or oh this God. is the most amazing dinner. I don't think pizza can be. I think pizza usually is pretty good. You're never like, wow, that so was better than pizza filet mignon. Novelty? I'm not saying it's a novelty. It sounds a little novelty-ish in your statement. No, there. it's a workhorse. It's a workhorse food. Okay, so it's like a it's like a fullback. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that works. It's like it's like a guy who gets a lot of rebounds in basketball. You know? All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. He he play, plays good defense, gets the rebounds, but he's not Kobe Bryant. He's not. LeBron James, he's not scoring a ton of points. Um, he's not the star of the team, but he gets the job done. He does what he needs to do. Pizza. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to take issue with that, but let's hear what uh, Katie has to say about pizza. Um, so my best thing about pizza is what I'm going to call the two V's of pizza. It's okay. versatility and it's variety. Wow. Yeah, see, that was, that was exactly going to be my retort to your to your. I think 
shortchanging of pizza, just. So let's see. Yeah, I think I totally agree with the versatility. Yes, the versatility. You can get it's you can get thin crust, you can get pan, you can get medium sauce, you can get lots of sauce, you can get not a lot of sauce. You can choose your toppings, variety. You can do cheesesteak pizza, buffalo chicken pizza. Yeah, it, I, I, unlimited I amounts. So the two Ps. Yeah, let me make it very clear that, that that does not go against what I was saying at all. <clears throat> My main thing was I'm all for the variety of pizza. I'm just saying even with the variety, it doesn't mean you're going to have a filet mignon of pizza, right? At the end of the day, it's still pizza. It's a really good meal. You can have really good pizza, uh-huh. but you're not going to get a, a three-star Michelin rating. At yeah, a pizza no, shop. I completely disagree with you. I, I think that there is high-class pizza. That's not necessarily the best thing about pizza, but there there's definitely pizza you can get, whether it's just the best perfect slice of regular old cheese pizza or it's some gourmet pizza, you know, brick oven deal with some prosciutto and uh, a little bit of, you know, different kind of cheeses. I, I totally disagree with that, but I think a bigger question is what's the difference between variety and versatility? <laughs> yeah, that's a great, great, I think it sounds like it's one V, but go ahead. Excuse me. <laughs> Variety is multiple different types. Versatility is the different ways of which you could order your pizza. Maybe. Yeah, right. there's yeah, something you there. Do, you could do pickup or, or delivery. No, I think she's saying like flatbread versus deep dish. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. So so it's the two Vs. That's what I said. Or the, or the W, if you want to say. No, the two <laughs> no. Vs. Okay. I like that. Yeah, I mean... um. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm definitely a pizza person. I think, you know, if I could jump ahead just to my to my uh, did you know, since we kind of hang that to the end. But according to pizza.com, yes, there's a pizza.com and it has its own little fun fact section. Ninety four percent of Americans eat pizza regularly, according to pizza.com, which is widely reputable. Um, so. I'm, you know, I'm not one of those crazy six percent that doesn't like pizza, doesn't eat pizza regularly. Um, I'm, I, you know, I love pizza, so uh, I'm just looking for things to to kind of uh, sink my teeth into that you guys might be, you know, bad mouthing pizza in any way. I think it's the, I think it's the, I think it's the the quintessential American food, because like you said, anywhere in America, we've taken this thing that's kind of an immigrantish thing. We say it's Italian. I don't know. I mean, I guess other people have been to Italy. You could say just whether this is there's, there's this kind of American pizza in Italy. Maybe there is, but in America, we eat our delicious food. We want it delivered to us, and we want it to have cheese on it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is the coldest take ever. Your take is that you really like pizza. I know, but the take is that. There's really no other take besides I really like pizza. You know what yeah, I mean? No. The, you get that d- distinction? You can't not like pizza. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Is that your best thing about pizza? No. I, my best thing about pizza um, is a poem that I wrote. Oh, my gosh, dude. This is embarrassing. I, no, I'm just saying. Okay. I think you'll get the gist of what the best thing is from this poem. Okay, it's a little blasphemous, but you know, so what? Uh, pizza is Jesus, bread of heaven by the slice. Pizza is Jesus, you can bring it back to life. So, the best thing about pizza is that, like, it can hibernate in the fridge and then be reheated, and it is better than it was originally. I don't, I don't, I've lost all control. I've lost, this podcast has gone completely off the rails that quickly oh, hey, with that poem. Listen, I'm oh just telling gosh. you, I'm just saying pizza has a, has a, you, it can sit. Yes. And it, and it, it looks gross. You can go to a, a, a pizza place and it's like, oh, I get a slice of pepperoni and it, it's cold. It's sitting on the thing all day. Yeah. Or it can be sitting in your fridge. You take it out. If you heat it up, it brings life. It, it There's life breathed back into it. Well, I'm going to add true. some details. It's not that good when it's heated up in the microwave. It must be heated in the oven. So that is where true. you are mistaken. 
It is mm -hmm. not good reheated. It has to be reheated properly in the oven or the toaster oven. No, I, I would say I have developed my own bagel bites strategy of oh, heating, us. heating, of heating, you know, day old pizza or two day old pizza. Well, so, as somebody who can appreciate a good microwave pizza, you know, how do you how do you reheat your pizza then, Steve? It's a, I said it's similar to the bagel bite strategy. You just you can't let it bubble. It can't it can't get too hot. It's got to go up and then come back down. So you do like a couple thirty second spurts or like ten to fifteen second spurts, depending on the the originating temperature. Hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's listen. I mean, do I mean you, you could so I mean uh, you could have a, a, a sideways uh, toaster for this. This is true. The sideways toaster comes in play. You throw it in there. And uh, you'll have a heated up pizza in minutes. Mm. Now, so you don't eat cold pizza. You're anti-cold pizza. I am. Uh, I'm okay with cold pizza if it's the day of. So if it's like the the pizza is we ordered pizza at five or whatever, and you have a couple slices, and then it's like you want a little snack at nine thirty, and the pizza is just kind of sitting there. Nobody put mm. it away. So it's like lukewarm pizza, mm. a little cold. I'll eat that. I'm not. I'm not down with the, you know pizzas in the fridge just take it out and eat it i'm down with the cold pizza the next day in the morning but i won't do two days like i'll mm -hmm. i'll eat pizza put in the fridge and then i'll just like grab a few bites so once the cheese starts to get a translucent kind of like look to it you can kind of see through the cheese that's what I, when it has like a glassy you can do three kind days of, three days it's all the same in my opinion, I mean, three days reheated. I'm saying one day cold. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. One Two day heated cold. cold. I wouldn't do one. I don't even like one day cold because yeah, I just yeah. think it's, it's it's too heating sources are too readily available. But by cold, do you mean it being in the fridge, or do you mean like if it sits out overnight on the counter? Oh, in the fridge. I'll like take it out of the fridge and eat it. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm out on that. Out on that. Mm. Yeah. Unless I'm like hungover in college, maybe. Do we think pizza stones work now they're on reheating? Are pizza stones a myth? Um, I, that was my worst, one of my worst things. Okay, Can well, I let's go to your that? worst thing. Yeah, do it. Go ahead. My worst thing is the pizza stone. Wow. We let me let me explain myself. I'm letting you go ahead. We registered when our when we got married for a pizza stone. Right? We got one for our bridal shower, and I'm telling you, this thing. I was so excited. I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna put my. I'm gonna buy like the fresh dough and put it on and make the pizza. And I did. The pizza takes on the taste of the stone, and mm. then I don't taste pizza. I cannot get put the past the taste of the stone or whatever wrapping the stone was in, and then you're not supposed to wash it because then it loses its flavor and its seasoning and blah de blue de blee. I'm out on the stone. Put the pizza straight on the rack. Yeah, great take, great take. Pizza stones are trash. Yeah, I mean, I like them as easy to clean pans. You know what I mean? Like, we have a pizza stone, and I think when you, you know, they're just much easier to clean, easily, and they're they're a sturdy pan and they're pizza size. So I like the convenience of that. Um, I don't really get the taste. Maybe you know, maybe you did that like a weird pizza stone that had the taste, but um, I don't know. I like the firmness of the pan. I like the shape of the pan, and I like the easy to clean of it. You know, for the pizza stone. So I'm in on pizza stones. But I don't really think they, I don't really think they change how it's cooked. So I think they're kind of a myth, but I still use them for their ease of cleaning and handling. What's what's your worst thing, Steve? So I do have some critiques of pizza, and mostly it's in the um, it's in the overzealousness of of, of uh, pizza makers. Um, but I'm I'm gonna say the worst thing is bad deep dish pizza because. The, when you get a um, when you when you start to mess with the ratio, and then and deep dish is kind of starting to mess with the ratio where you're you're giving the bread, um, arguably you know the the third most important ingredient, the kind of you're giving them the star uh, role. You really got to do it right. Like it's got to be good dough, and sometimes it can get, you know mushy and, and maybe i'm thinking of more of along the lines of like a sicilian that's not really deep dish mm -hmm. but when you have thick crust mm -hmm. i'm not really I'm, i, I kind of don't like that and then along the same lines is the deep dish when you're going too hot, hard on the toppings and sauce 
which is really good if you go to like get I've you know I've had like whatever Chicago authentic deep dish and it can be really really amazing but I feel like when you start messing with those ratios it can go really off really quickly yeah yeah I mean even even the Chicago deep dish like very overrated it's very hard to eat it's a lot of sauce like I I think your point of like there's a certain crust sauce cheese ratio that makes pizza pizza and and like just stick to it yeah, like if you get a flatbread pizza, it can be good, but it also can be really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is where the versatility of pizza, as Katie would say, um, you know, maybe actually playing against it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I was yeah. only down with the one V. Yeah. Mm. All right, so so my worst thing, pretty simple. Um, it, it, the worst thing is just the, when the cheese is too hot. You know, the temperature of cheese is very difficult to gauge on a pizza. Because you can actually eat a burning hot pizza, and in the moment, it doesn't feel like it's burning the roof of your mouth, and you're like, "Oh, it's just kind of pizza. It's a little bit hot. It's fine." But then when you're done with it, you like feel the skin peeling off the top of your mouth. It's when you get into the sauce that's when you feel it burning. Oh, is that what happens? Is that's it the sauce I that's too hot? It's, it, I, in my experience, yes, it's the sauce because that it, when you bite into it, it like comes out the sides. Yeah. That's oh, what that's a good point. You. I thought it was it was the cheese because I mean you can because I'll eat a pizza that's too hot right and like I'm fine like it's it seems like it's hot but I'm getting through it and then all of a sudden like I don't know if just the roof if the skin on the roof of your mouth is just very like weak skin but it'll start to like peel off a little bit and you're like oh I guess that pizza was too hot I think it might be the sauce like because you get that have that cheese like buffer when you first put it in your mouth and it does not it's not radiating. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like your your mouth is trying to like gauge it from the air first. Yeah. And then that you don't have that reflex to take it out of your mouth because it's not radiating. But as soon as you bite down and that sauce comes out, right, it's like a hot pocket, right? It's the hot first. pocket conundrum. Yeah. The cheese yeah. cools off first. Then you get to the second layer, which is the sauce. And it's like, oh, no. So it's an explosion <laughs> oh, of no. heat from the sauce. I, I believe, I mean, I'm not a pizza scientist, but that would be my assumption. But you guys, you guys have the similar sensation. You've had that before where you feel like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you're losing some top, top mouth skin. Oh, you do lose the top skin. It's terrible. We need a dentist to come on and let us know. Like, is this just like well, I'm the more sensitive? I have to a dentist. So. Oh, you were an old, yeah, I used to work at a dentist. Right. You were the Former office manager. Former dental professional. All right. So that, that kind of leads into my rule. So I'll just get that out of the way. Yeah. Uh, white pizza is not pizza. I, Oh, incorrect. Incorrect. Well, white pizza, what did we just talk about on a pizza? We just (laughs) talked about the cheese. We just talked about the sauce and the bread. Those are the three components. If you don't have sauce on pizza, then it's just cheesy bread. And you just got cheesy bread and you're calling it pizza, but you're lying to yourself. So white pizza, let's make a rule. You are now just cheesy bread. This is this is just I can't even. So, what if you dip your white pizza in sauce? But then it's not white pizza anymore. Mm. No, then but is it just... if, does it become pizza? Do you know Domino's cheesy bread? I am aware. Okay, so when you dip that into a marinara sauce, you're calling that pizza. Okay, well, so recently I was at a a, a listener's house, um, and he ordered upside down pizza, which was cheese on the bottom, sauce on the top. Is that pizza? No. How is it not these pizza? Are, these are people just trying to gain a foothold in the pizza market, but they're disguising this. It was this. quite delicious. But to be honest, and he'll and uh, you know Mike will admit this, it tasted like cheesy bread. Is a calzone a pizza? Oh, I'm so frustrated. Is a calzone a pizza? A calzone is not a pizza, no. Oh, well, it's sauce and bread and cheese. Well, yeah, but it also has an extra light. It has an extra ingredient. Top, top bread. Oh, it's at the top bread. Okay, so the so the so I would define pizza. Well, calzone as the is bread. usually ricotta cheese. You can put ricotta cheese on pizza. Okay, can yeah. I? Can I? Can go I? Ahead, please. Go ahead, go ahead. Please, I googled the Oxford definition of pizza. Is Oxford from Italy? If it's not, then it doesn't count. Oh, no, it's more it's probably Oxford. it's probably British. Oxford is American. Oh no, that would be American. Yeah, you're right. Okay. British. No. Noun. A dish of Italian origin consisting of a flat, round base of dough baked with a topping of tomato sauce and cheese, typically with added meat or vegetables. 
So I, Justin may be correct, however. I am 100% correct. Are you dissing white pizza in that you sh- it, shouldn't be, it shouldn't be eaten? Or are you I dissing mean, it that it should not be in the same category as pizza? Well, uh, uh, I'm usually, uh, let me just I'm go usually real quick. Get, okay, go ahead. I was just going to say, because this fits perfectly into my rule. Because I, I might be taking another shot at one of the two Vs. I don't think if it doesn't have, if it has a sauce other than tomato sauce, it cannot legally be called pizza. Yeah, if you have Alfredo sauce on it, if you got barbecue yeah. sauce, buffalo sauce, it is not pizza. It may be good, but it, it doesn't have the same ratio, uh, hit or miss ratio as pizza. But pizza as we know it as Americans is not yeah. necessarily a cut and dry definition of tomato sauce, mozzarella cheese, and vegetable or meat toppings. It is the round thing that has crust and cheese most likely and some sort of base with it and toppings it's it's not we're not arguing what can be category now we're arguing what can be categorized as pizza Mm -hmm. and i don't like it yeah i mean to to your point on do i like white pizza i accidentally ordered white pizza at a at a nice restaurant in new york city past weekend it was okay it was fine but you know what I was missing when I was eating that? Sauce. Is sauce. And I really wanted the sauce. Yeah. And and most white pizza has broccoli on it. Hey, just get out of here with that. Like, what are you putting broccoli on pizza for and not giving me what sauce? So I, I'm out on white pizza. I'm out on white cheesy bread. I'm out on cheesy bread. Let's put it that way. Well, I'm going to go to my make a rule because this fits in. Customizable okay. sauce options should be at all pizza establishments. The amount of sauce that you put on your pizza should be at all establishments. Steven can attest to this. Mm. Whenever we order pizza, especially if we order it like online, and you can choose the amount of sauce you want. Say if we get a large pizza and ha- large pie and half of it is whatever Steven wants, some sort of meat lover's BS. And then the other half is hey. 80s pizza, which is light sauce, cheese, and pineapple. Oh, no. Dude, I was really hoping you weren't going to be exposed. <laughs> I was, I was very nervous. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on the light sauce, but, but, uh, you know, and, and so, I'm, I'm even okay with pineapple. I'm just, you're, you're going to get some hate mail. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not as polarized on it. I don't think I've, I'm not going to order pineapple on my pizza. Have you ever Rebecca, tried it? I might have had a bite. It's just like I like pineapples. I like pizza. You know, I like Dunkaroos and I like barbecue sauce. <laughs> Doesn't mean they go together. It's really that simple. And we just on this Domino's pizza that we ordered, I got half pepperoni. Pepperoni is the greatest topping there is. It's it's was made for pizza. People will order all these fancy. We go to a nice um, a nice pizza restaurant. I still just order pepperoni. It is perfect for pizza. And Rebecca in this Domino's pizza tonight made me order her pepperoni and pineapple. I'm just like, oh. mm, I outed her too. Yeah, no. dude. She's big on the pineapple and she's proud. Most pineapple, pineapple most pineapple is good. Yeah. Let's do double letters. Most pineapple people are peepees. They <laughs> like pineapples and they're proud. True. <laughs> so. Katie likes the um, where I draw the line is the Hawaiian pizza where the ham gets involved. No, get out of here with the ham. Yeah, hey, that's compl- so that's where I draw the line. I will eat that's a pineapple so pizza because it's like it's something different, right? You can it's add a, a little sweetness. It's a product just like pepperoni. Why are we dissing ham? Yeah, but it's like it's like why are we downgrading ourselves for no reason? Like pepperoni is clearly the superior ham product. Like what are we what are we just putting ham on there? Dumb. We're just gonna open a can of spam and throw it on there too. Well, now you've just gone way too far. Well, I i mean, what other, now that we're on the topic of toppings, what's other, like, I think people go too far with, like, buffalo chicken Well, this is pizza. what I'm saying, right? Like, just, that can't be in the pizza category. You know what I mean? We need another name for it. We need a word for it. I haven't come up with one, but we need a, another word for for pizza that is not have tomato sauce. Now, I, I, I think the white pizza can still be pizza because it doesn't have an alternative sauce. 
But once you add barbecue sauce or buffalo sauce or, God forbid, like blue cheese or ranch or something, like it's not pizza. And it, it takes up the space. When I go to a pizza place, like when I'm working late and there's like just the slices left over from the day and I want a pepperoni, a lot of times all the pepperoni will be gone and there'll just be chicken bacon ranch pizza or buffalo chicken yeah. or barbecue chicken. And I'm like, when it's reheated up, it doesn't come back to life in the same way as a pepperoni or a regular cheese pizza. At that point, the pizza is just a delivery system for buffalo chicken. Exactly. And it or can be like, good when done right, but it's not pizza. I agree with that. All right. Um, my quick did you know. Did you know that? So I recently went to Italy for the first time uh, with Rebecca. And um, the right way to eat a pizza is with a fork and knife. That's the proper way. That's the Italian way. Steve, you've c- been doing it right for all these years. Yeah, he has. Your, your your dad's been doing it right. You know, essentially they serve you. A, they don't cut it. They serve you a circle pie, you know, individual, and they give you a fork and a knife, and you just cut little pieces up. And you know what? I love it. That's the way I eat pizza now. Unless Domino's pizza. Domino's is too thick to do that. But your normal pizza, start cutting with a fork and knife. There's a lot of benefits. I mean, the number one benefit is that it's easily blown on. You know what I mean? Like when you're younger and your mom cuts up your pizza for you because you don't burn yourself, you know how you don't burn the roof of your mouth? Cut it in little pieces, blow on it a little bit, and you enjoy the pizza a little bit better that way. Uh, uh, this is the worst take of the night. The the pizza, is an, like I said, is an American food now. Italy can have whatever they want to call pizza. And I'm Italian, so I could say this. Just like... <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to say this. I think it's an American food now. And the American way to eat pizza, which is the correct way to eat pizza, is by the triangle slice. And also, don't give me this, like, whatever, you know, square pizza with the square slices. Maybe if it's a party or something, I want a triangle slice. I want it big enough that I can fold it. I want to eat it with one hand. And I want a paper plate. I don't want any real plate under my pizza. Those are my demands. Katie, where do you come in on the cutting of the pizza? Um, I cut it if it's hot. Beyond mm-hmm. that, I just eat it. I understand. I, you should try it. It's a more refined way. You know, it's a way of like if you're in a rest pizza restaurant and everyone else is like, it's just like a fancy pizza restaurant and people are like eating slices and you're over there like cutting it with a fork and knife. Like you're kind of better than the other people. You know, mm. there's a little air of uh, superiority that it's not it's it's fun to dabble in from time to time so just give it a shot just try it next time pizza has its own built-in handle that's why there's no otherwise we would put cheese and sauce on the bottom too next time you're in a nice restaurant not like a dollar slice cut your pizza up and then get back to me you'll appreciate it all right katie what's your did you know did you know that one 18 inch pizza gives you more pizza than two 12 inch pizzas that's just math like what are you, no, that's just circumferences and diameters. No, it's because it's pi squared. Like if you're going to order pizza, you're not. You always think the more the merrier. That's mm-hmm. not true. Wait, are we sure that it it only that that's real, or that if that's only because it's pi times pi times pi? The area of a circle increases with the square of the radius, aka. Okay. The okay. Okay. All right. I need to step in here. This is one random thing. You know, this is going to be a fun social podcast. We're not we're not breaking out math, okay? I'm just telling you. That is a great fact. I never so, thought about that. Every time you go to order and you say, oh, we have, you know, four people. We need two 12-inch pizzas. Two, what is that, like a medium? I guess that's what it's equivalent to. And then you can whip out the fun fact that, no, really, one 18-inch pizza will give us more slices. Mm-hmm. No, I really like that though. That's that's so smart. I, I honestly never thought about that. So, if you're ordering pizza, that's why they give you the stupid two for uh, two mediums for six Just bucks eight. each. They're they're really chipping you. Yeah, and you're paying more because you're getting multiple pizzas. I still like ordering the medium pizza from Domino's because when I eat the whole thing myself, I feel a sense of accomplishment. How many times have you said Domino's? Yeah, can I, I was just going to say that. How We're talking about pizza, not Domino's. Domino's is hardly even pizza. Are we going to do the Domino's conversation right now? I feel like we should. Domino's is the best American pizza you can oh get. Oh my God, no. I just threw up in my mouth. Pizza Hut is by far superior. Well, we're get talking out of here chains. The pizza if we're talking trash. about chains, 
fine, but none of these things are pizza. You need to go to an actual, like, run-down, greasy pizza place that has some Italian name. These are not, these are, these are, these are fake pizza. You could be in the frozen pizza category. Can I just make a case for Pizza Hut? Very quickly. For me, it's the nostalgia of Pizza Hut. I don't know. I grew up in Ohio. I don't know. Is this a remember segment? Yes, it is Katie's remember segment. I don't know if you had this growing up in Pennsylvania, but we had the Book It program. Did you have it? it? We had Book It. Yeah, we had Book It. And if you read, I think it was like a book or so many books a month, you got a certificate to go to Pizza Hut and you got like a personal pot pizza, a dessert and like, you know, the salad bar or whatever. Mm-hmm. I did this every month and I remember vividly sitting with my mom when my dad was out of town on a business trip at least once or twice a month and eating Pizza Hut at the restaurant, brick and mortar pizza with booths and it just tickles my heart. That's why I love Pizza Hut. I mean, I can't argue, right? Like, I'm no. the king of the remember segments. I mean, I would say that I didn't have that connection because, as I've established before, I've read, like, 10 books in my life. So I wasn't going to do the Book It program. Um, but it's beautiful. But, like, nowadays, now, you know, now modern times, when I want pizza, dude, you get a medium, you get a medium Domino's pizza, you eat four slices, and if you, if you eat it for lunch, you can eat four slices for dinner. And finish the whole pie or you get four slices for the next day and like the only downside of dominoes is the dominoes burps <laughs> you're like you, you down four of them and they chemically engineer dominoes so that you just want to not stop eating it and then when you're done eating it you're like your stomach's like dude what did you just do yeah so then you you get the dominoes burps for a little bit but it's still like very satisfying i mean drugs are bad for you yes right but <laughs> People do them because they get certain enjoyment from them, right? So, so you're calling Domino's a drug? Yes. Domino's is chemically engineered in a lab yeah, yeah, by a, you're, you're, to make you want to continue to eat it. You're shooting so, up heroin and I'm snorting coke over here and having a great time. we got to have yeah, a good I, pizza. I would say this. So I'm going to I'm gonna say three different types of pizzas, right? There's the, there's the chain pizza like the Domino's, you know, Pizza Hut. There's the, like, your random Italian, you know, pizza shop. You know, uh, De Lorenzo's, you go get a normal pie, right? And then there's like the sit-down restaurant. We make fancy pizzas. So in Princeton, there's this place called Nomads. So good. And they, ha- yeah, they have this like apple fig jam pizza that's out of this world. Yeah, wait. Like, so you're contradicting what you said earlier. No, 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 no. So let me say. So let me say. So I will amend. I will say the fancy sit-down gourmet pizza. That has like the fig jam and some weird combination. That's the best. Okay. I'll take that over Domino's. The Di Lorenzo's or like Vincent's Pizza, you know, your local pizza shop that's real pizza. I don't like that stuff. I'm out on that pizza. I will take Domino's over that any day of the week. Uh, it's it's not even worth arguing anymore. That's just a bad take. I can't imagine the amount of emails you're going to get, especially from one said listener who grew up like eating like traditional Brooklyn pizza, who is a t- straight up Italian, he's not going to be happy with this. <laughs> there's only there's only one way to end this with a very simple, only one way to end this pizza conversation, right? Steve, you you don't have any, you no, do your did you know, right? I, I, I already said my did you know. Okay. Is it Elio's <laughs> or Elio's? <laughs> it's Elio's end of story. Katie? I never have had frozen pizza. I'm not, I didn't grow up with it. I don't care how you pronounce it. Okay. I'm on the Elio's train as well. Yeah. I agree with you. But I believe there is a large contingent out there calling it Elio's. And if you do, you're wrong and you're going to have to deal with it. Okay. Agreed. All right. That's pizza. That was that was, uh, our, that was our most contentious topic yet. Yeah, and I feel like there's going to be a lot of hate pouring in, a lot of hate mail coming from that one. So maybe we'll do a pizza part two, yeah. just like a full listeners. I'm proud you of know. you, Katie. I'm proud of you, babe, for for coming out. You know, you you yeah. you, you you stood behind it. Your, yeah. your pineapple love. Your pineapple I'm not, take. I'm not ashamed. I am who I am, and I was born this way. <laughs> All right, Steve. Just close us out on one random thought. 
All right, so I just this was a quick, just random thought that I was thinking about the other day. So, like, you know, if you are just in a, a public situation, you might, you know, have to walk around somebody, and or like you bump into somebody, and the polite thing just to, to to do is excuse yourself, right? Say excuse me. Um, but I've realized that the more you enunciate the word correctly, the more of a dick you seem. Mm-hmm. Where if you just say excuse me. Excuse me, like S C U S E. It's like, all right, excuse me. Yeah. But if you enunciate and say, excuse me, you sound like an asshole. So it's like, I, I, I strive very hard in my life to pronounce words correctly. Like I'll say Costco or sandwich, to which I get a lot of uh, shit from people. But if you say, excuse me, now all of a sudden I'm a bad person. So I have to like take that down a notch and say, excuse me, as I try to get around people so that was just my random thought I, I don't think it takes much i mean you guys probably can agree disagree but like you know it just I, I, you know i think it's i think it's kind of correct it's absolutely correct and excuse me i need to end the podcast now yeah, for sure so let me do that so uh that's pizza that's one random thing hope you enjoy it uh, as always, I want to encourage everyone to send us your feedback. I think there's plenty to talk about in this one. It's one random thing pod at gmail.com. Um, thanks for listening. We just hit 400 listens, 400 total listens. I, is that a milestone? Nice. Wow. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, that's awesome. I mean, it means our podcast has played 400 times. I thought it'd be 10. It so. might increase after this one. um the other thing i would i would kindly ask would be uh if you have friends that you think might enjoy the podcast we'd love to try to grow our audience so maybe if you could just ask a friend to listen to it if you enjoy what you're hearing you know that's we would appreciate that as well uh if not just just continue listening it's awesome send us your feedback katie awesome job coming on for the first time you defended your hermione take you're you were outed as a white pizza <laughs> pineapple pizza lover you're you're a pp you're a proud a pineapple lover thank you and i'm actually very pleasantly surprised at how much i agreed with you on things i i i was very happy to agree with you mostly as well and steve uh as always thanks for coming on no problem uh we'll see everyone next week go order your domino's pizzas pizza hut <laughs>